Young and Dumb, a podcast for the young, dedicated, up-and-coming, motivated, and bold. Hear the journey of incredible individuals like you or I, who accomplish many things in their short lifetimes. Allow them to tell their story and share with you how they got to where they are today. And the best part yet is they're only just getting started. Welcome to the Young and Dumb Podcast. Welcome back, everyone. This week, we've got a special episode with Jesse K. He's only 18, he's a 20 under 20, and he started a podcast years ago, and he decided that he wanted to email 350 people every single day. And that's how he was going to get guests on, because he didn't really have a reputation. So that's what he did. He got people like Jack Dorsey on, Gary Vaynerchuk, among numerous others and then he also started to grow his social media following which led to athletes reaching out to him to run their social media which then he created a business out of that and again he's only 18 years old he's going to college right now he's killing it as well as figuring out how to travel on the side still running his business still doing speaking engagements going from east coast to west coast and back in a weekend He's killing it. He's figuring out. He knows how to grind. And that's why he is young and dumb. So this week, we learn how to grind with Jesse. But before we get started, if you get any value from this podcast, this episode, Jesse's story, if you could leave a review, a like, a subscribe, whatever it is, Please, 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 please do. It means the absolute world to myself, Gary, and Michelle whenever we get any sort of feedback, good and bad, because we know we're not perfect. It means the world. And if you're listening right now, right now, take a screenshot of you listening to this episode, put it on your Instagram story, tweet about us, and tag Get Cho Grind Up. That's G E T C H O G R I N D U P. So, without wasting any more time, let's just jump right into the episode. Welcome back, everyone, to another tantalizing episode of the Young and Dumb Podcast with your co-hosts from the East Coast, Justin and Gary. We're back at it again. This week, we brought on our boy Jesse from Hoboken, New Jersey, onto the podcast, and he has a great story for us to share. But before we do, Jesse, say what's up to the people. Hey, what's going on, guys? Super excited to be on this week. Um, happy to be joining fellow East Coast guys, so uh, ready to get going with it. Exactly, taking over the East Coast. And I know, Jesse, we're hopping into the whole midterms vibes. You can take a break from that, put it aside. We got some business to discuss. But before we do, let us know on your journey so far, if we had to turn that into a loading bar from zero to 100%, where do you feel like you are right now on your loading bar? In terms of my whole journey, mm-hmm. like 5%. 5%. Okay, let's dive into that because before we got on the podcast, we are just talking a little bit before and you're telling us about this crazy college journey that you're on right now where two weeks ago you're in California, then you had spring break, you've got midterms going on, you're traveling this weekend and so on. 
how is it that you got into this position that you're doing all of these things while still being in college? Yeah, I mean, it's really hard to start off with. But I mean, the story sort of preceding this is, I mean, I've always been entrepreneurial. I had my first business, if you want to call it that, when I was, I don't know, like 10 or 11, um, flipping shoes on eBay. I think I was like nine. I was super young. But that whole like flipping shoes on eBay thing. But eventually, when I was 16, um, I started a podcast just like this. Um based around interviewing successful entrepreneurs and leaders, more of just a way of networking than anything else. Um, and I never knew it would take off like it did. It led to interviewing people like Jack Dorsey from Twitter and Square, Gary Vaynerchuk, a whole bunch of different people, which was awesome. Um, and pretty much from there, it led into some internships, um, some jobs, and then turning into my own business, which is sort of where I'm at today. Great. And I mean, when I listen to your story, I hear a, a lot of similarities along um, among some of our other young entrepreneurs have, that have hit the big time in which at a young age, they got invested um, and started either flipping, mowing lawns, uh, selling lemonade, uh, a variety of things. But the, the key factor is they, at a young age, they started um, making money and going out on their own. What about when you were growing up? Did you real at what point did you realize that maybe the entrepreneurial life was me uh, was for me and did you deviate um, from the other kids you know playing basketball and other things? Yeah, I knew I was weird in terms of how much I loved business when I was young. Like I, I something was off. Um, my dad is an entrepreneur, so I sort of grew up seeing that and being like, I want to do that when I'm older. Um, but really, I saw from a young age. Like I played sports, I was good at sports. But I was never the best. I was I'm good academically, not the best. Um, but I really just never had a like I liked sports. I played football pretty much all my life growing up, tennis, but I never really like I really enjoyed it. I didn't love it. Business, I loved. And just a recent example of how I knew my brain is just so fucked up is when I was at the Travis Scott concert a couple weeks ago with my cousin. You know, we're like enjoying it or supposed to be enjoying it. I'm like, you know what, Dylan? Hold up. Like, yeah, this is a great concert. He's in the middle of whatever song it was. But, like, I wonder how much money it costs for them to transfer all of the, like, extra stuff and the blow-up stuff and how much it costs from stadium to stadium. I, like, there's no way that they're installing this overnight. Like, he's like, dude, chill out. We're at a concert. Enjoy yourself. Enough business for the night. So I was like, you know what? Yeah, I, my brain is not pro not right. Dude, I can totally relate to that because – about a week and a half ago, me and Michelle were out at South by Southwest yep. and we went to the Khalid concert that was That's there. where I was last week in Austin. Oh, dude, yeah. we should have linked up there. Yeah. But um, so we were at the Khalid concert and in my head, we were like three rows from the, the front. And I'm like, he took some guy's phone and like shot a video with it. I was like, shit, maybe this is how we can get like him on the podcast. I'm looking for like door entrances on the side to see where he's exiting, everything yeah. like that. I couldn't find anything and I was like, wait, let me just relax, take a second and just and enjoy, enjoy the experience. Yeah. And we'll figure all that out later. But I can totally relate to that. And it's really funny how business minds kind of work like that. It's so weird, but it <laughs> totally, I completely agree. A hundred percent, man. So talk us through what you're going through right now in terms of workload with school and balancing that with just traveling for business and being a CEO, basically. Yeah. So it's super tough. Like I said, it's funny because I'd say probably my five closest friends are all young entrepreneurs. I'd be happy to share them if you want to have them on the show. Great guys, all some of them run multi-million dollar companies like, and they're all my age and none of them went to college. So me going to college, I was just more of the way I looked at it was I just didn't want to regret not trying it. I was like, 
I, I my business is great, and I but I wanted to do it at least to the point where I could no longer balance both, and I'm getting close to that point. But like as of that, it's so hard. It's really just prioritizing. And if I'm gonna be blunt, like business is my priority, and school is something I'm trying to do as well. I wouldn't say I'm as much here for the education as I'm here. I just want to experience college. Like, I don't want to regret not trying it, but it's really hard. Like, days are packed. Like, I probably got another three, four hours of stuff I got to do after this, and it's eight or nine right now. Like, it's definitely busy, but I love the busy. Like, if I I don't know what I'd be doing with my time if I couldn't fill it like this. No, I get that. I mean, I, I remember it wasn't too long ago I talked like I'm – 20 or 40 years old yeah. and I, I graduated college a long time ago but <laughs> yeah. like I remember back in those college days grinding um I mean some of those nights didn't end till two and that was kind of just like a normal thing of just yeah. getting stuff done at a uh, different time so yeah, I mean I completely get it but with your uh, journey through college managing the business what have you utilized um that Stevens offers um that typically other kids would overlook yeah I mean First off, we're going to be uh, like, I, I probably don't use as much as I should and as much that is offered to me just because I'm stupid or the fact that I'm like, I, I or I'm oblivious to it. Like, I don't know. I just, I don't use as much as I should. I think the number one thing that I get to use is the proximity to the city. A lot of my clients and a lot of stuff is based in New York City and having the ability to like most kids probably stay on campus and go to the city, I don't know, once every two weeks, once a month. I'm in there probably three or four times a week. So the fact that it's a 10-minute train ride or a 20-minute car ride to the city's huge for me, which was one of the reasons I decided to go here. I mean, that makes sense. It's like a strategic move, right? And I feel like that's, I mean, just kind of cycle analyzing who you are and what you're telling us so far, it felt that colleges were more of a strategic move in terms of being close to the city and then networking wise too, because I'm sure your school has a good either alumni network or a good amount of people that go there yeah. that are very prominent in the business world too. Totally. Yeah, it's been great. That's that's crazy, man. I love that. So let's dive into the business world. Obviously, it's, it's a big portion of your life. What are you doing in business right now? Yeah, so the podcast was where I sort of got my foot in the door in terms of networking, and I really just wanted to connect with the people that I wanted to know down the line from there. Um, then I really pivoted to now I've um, run my company, which is called Viber Medium. We work with so a lot of pro athletes, surprisingly, and sports teams, along with some brands and businesses on their whole digital and social sort of imprint on the whole um, internet and digital. So anything from their social media pages to brand deals with some of our athletes negotiating those to a whole youth and digital marketing message for companies as a whole. That's sick, dude. I mean, working with a lot of pro athletes, I know New York is a huge hub um, for uh, athletes. Yeah, I'm lucky. Well, it's hard not to run into someone. Exactly. Um, but with that, navigating um, through the market, how do you find place for uh, legitimacy as a, a young entrepreneur? Because, you, I mean, you can't even rent a car. In no, place. I, I can't, I've <laughs> had that issue many times. Um, yeah, it was weird because I used to, like, not be able to check into hotels. Like, I'd need to get somebody to check. Like, at 17, I was, like, speaking at a conference and, like, it was supposed to be in Canada. My dad had a alongside Gary um, at Haston Hustle back in Toronto last year. But my dad had to come with me to check me into the hotel in Toronto. Like he had to stay because I couldn't check in on my own. Um, but in terms of how I find legitimacy, it's all referral based and client based. Like there's no other way, really. I can't like I don't have years to show. 
I don't have experience to show. I just have like results to show. And most of that's just going from one person. I started off with one client. He referred me to two other people. They referred me. It's all just referrals for me. Got it. Okay. So we had on a very, another young entrepreneur. I think he's still in high school, uh, Joey Dubs. Okay. I don't know if you've ever heard of him before, but no, he, basically he's like, he's a middleman for high end clothing and all that stuff, but mainly geared towards athletes. Right. So very similar to what you're doing, but you're doing like the marketing side of things. Yep. And he starts out by talking about how he used the DMS and that's how he first got his interactions with a lot of these, um, big name athletes. How did you get your start? So the start for me was podcast. But if you want to go behind that, it was yeah. 350 cold emails a day, every day for six months to get people on my podcast. 350 cold emails. How do you go? Like, how does that mindset even formulate in terms of knowing like... I'm a weird kid. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's like um, 350 sounds like a lot, but it's even more when you're trying to type it yeah. out you know what i mean and you're trying to find emails too because like oh you're like oh 350 emails okay by yeah. day two you're like shit how do yeah, i find and you don't know where to find them you're like fuck like it's not just like not everyone's as easy as jack at twitter.com like they're hard um it came from the fact that i was like hey like i'm sitting here junior in high school i want to get involved why not um i only have pretty much two more years until nobody gives a fuck that i'm young anymore in terms of getting them to come on my show so i was like why not so i literally just sent i looked up the forbes 30 under 30 list i looked up the billionaires list i looked up a bunch of athletes and i just set with the uh, subject line 16 year old podcaster and tested like five different emails found them. one of them it was crazy so when i just put in my subject line like podcast interview i probably got i don't know like a 10 percent open rate when i put 16 year old podcaster i got like a 90 something percent open rate it was crazy and the amount of response i got from that was insane so it really just came from like why not like i did it before school i did it during school and after school and that pretty much enveloped me for my entire junior year of high school gee so junior year must have been a, a packed year so it was an interesting year <laughs> and yeah. also at that time you know you're you're applying for college or at least looking yeah. um so how did that work into your your schooling as uh there as well it was busy. Um, it really came down to, at that point, school was the priority. The podcast, I had no intention of making money off of. It was more just a hobby kind of project for me. Um, so school took the priority, but I really just loved the networking side of it. But I was looking at all the colleges, going through that whole process, keeping my grades up, getting a good score on my ACT, all the important stuff. And then um, did the podcast as well. And it, when it really transitioned, I think, was when it turned into a legitimate viable business making real legitimate money is when it sort of changed in my head. Okay. And through your high school years, um, because again, or just through schooling in general, because you've been doing this for a, a long time now, we're going yeah. on eight, nine years, whether it's through um, um, flipping items, podcasting, running your business, it's been a, a long time of you getting after it. Yeah. How did you stay essentially stay in your lane and deviate from the norms of um, typically growing up as a um, a kid in America? Uh, because yeah. there are a lot of social norms that go along with that, especially with society changing. How do you combat that? Yeah, I mean, it's it was interesting. I mean, the school was super helpful and encouraging in high school. Like I left every day senior year at 11 a.m., like I went for three classes in the morning and then left and did my stuff, which was amazing. But I think the way I deviated it was like, I, I've it's weird. I've always been better at talking to adults than kids. 
And it was just, I always realized that like, I tried to be more mature, tried to talk to people. And I was just really curious. Like most kids were super focused on their sport. I just loved to ask them questions, which seemed weird at the time, but I'm so happy I did now. Um, and really just focused on like, I, I don't want to just grow. Like I want to do something. I'm I was so ADD and ambitious. Like I just wanted to go do something and it had to happen right now. Dude, that's like, I can, again, I can connect with that too. I had an internship maybe two or three years ago at a big insurance company. And my goal was like, okay, I can really learn, can't really learn much in three months, but I can ask a bunch of questions and like interview as many people as I possibly could. So like I interviewed VPs, SVPs. Um, I asked the CEO a question during the, the, um, I forget what it's called, but like a big meeting with the whole company. Yeah. And everyone around me is like, dude, why are you doing this? Like, why are you trying to meet with executive level people? And I'm like, why not? Like, you're yeah. giving an opportunity. What are you going to learn how to do a pivot table on Excel or you know, learn how to do a VLOOKUP? Okay, great. But I can make this connection, which will probably get me a job if I really wanted to, because a recommendation from an executive suite level person is a lot better than a knowing how to do a pivot table and yeah, i can learn I think, that on myself going off that like i think the two biggest things that i the two biggest experiences that have sort of shaped i'd say three actually that have shaped my life is number one um just asking my dad like seeing that he'd done stuff like just being able to be curious on that end um but really when i was a senior i interned for um this guy named brandon steiner who owns steiner sports which is one of the biggest sports memorabilia companies in the country or in the world. So I started interning for him. I took like minimum wage or whatever, but I shadowed him everywhere. So I'd get to his office at noon after school. Um, and then I'd stay there. So if he had a meeting, I was in there. So it'd be him, his CFO, whoever it is, and then me. So they'd all be like, who's this 17 year old kid? But for me, it was an incredible experience. I got to ask questions. They're owned by a publicly charity company. Like I got to experience all this stuff. Um, where it's just, it was, I learned so much stuff that I use in my business today from being there. And then also just in general with clients, being able to just sit in the shadows and sort of see what's happening. Um, so yeah, just getting to sit on the side and just keep your ears open and watch and then ask as many questions as you can is the highest piece of recommendation I'd give to anyone. Yeah. And I think a big piece of that of why you're able to get yourself into those positions, so to say, is through your confidence that you portray through your voice, your actions, the way you move around, everything like that. What would you say to someone who might say that they, oh, I'm introverted or oh, I don't have the confidence to go to a CFO or an a C CEO, whoever it is, to even ask to intern for them or shadow them? I love answering this question because I had the worst panic attacks and anxiety in history. Like... Ever since I was nine years old, I had like horrific panic attacks. Like I went to sleepaway camp one year. The camp literally called my parents and they were like, on day three, they were like, you need to get this kid. He's threatening to run away. Like he's going to shut down this camp. Like he's freaking us all out. Um, and like I was the kid that was too afraid to like sleep in my grandparents' house 10 minutes away from my house. Like terrible anxiety. I didn't want to go to school some days. Like I, I was the most introverted and anxiety ridden you could be. But I think the bit, all that ended pretty much when I started business. So if you find the thing you love, you'll find that you're anxiety or introvert. Like if you really want to be in it enough, you're going to find the like courage and passion to go ask the questions and do it. I wouldn't have done it, but I was so into business. I didn't really think there was another way. And really all the anxiety dissipated the second I got into business because I loved it so much. 
No, I definitely can see that there. Like your your energy really, really, I can tell that you're um, extremely into business, something that you've poured your heart, your life into so far. Yeah. And I, I do remember one of my professors telling me that um, there are a lot of people out there that hate giving uh, speeches in public. It's not something that people like. But if you talk about something you like, you're going for days. So it's crazy. I like that used to be one of the biggest fears of mine. And then my first speech ever was in Toronto alongside Gary Vaynerchuk to like 3,500 people. So I didn't really have a choice to like be scared. It was just like, do. And I was like, okay. Exactly. This is only one way out. And yeah, once you're out on the stage, you can't bail. So exactly. you don't really have much of a choice at that point. But I totally agree. Oh, God, that's funny. So, so far, I mean, we've covered only 5% of your journey, but it seems like it's compressed in a whole decade of, of decade of work, um, dedication, grinding throughout middle, high school, college, even now, um, in and out of cities, doing a lot of work. But again, that's only 5%. Let us know what 100% looks like in your eyes. Yeah, I mean, it's a great question just because I've never been asked the question, by the way, on what percent of your journey do you think you're through? That is a, I'm actually using that on my podcast. That's a great <laughs> question. Um, but you took me a little bit off guard there. I was like, I don't know. I got to think about that. Um, but the way I think of it is like, I, I think I'm nowhere even near the beginning of where I want to be. Like, my end goal is to create, like, I love my business now. It's amazing. I have great clients, get to do what I love, love sports, but I just, I see myself in the long term growing and running a very scalable business where I can grow it way larger than I could grow an agency or whatever that kind of thing is. Um, so on the business side, I see doing that. On the personal side, um, I'd love to just continue to, to develop. Like I don't want to be only business. I've seen a lot of people that make that mistake. They are super deep in one thing and super shallow and everything else. I'd like to be at least somewhat well-balanced, even if a majority of that's focused on business. And then in terms of um, ambition and all that, ever since I was like six years old, I've wanted to own a sports team. So if I own a sports team, that's what I'm getting to 100%. Who's going who's gonna to win first, you or Gary? Me. <laughs> wait, wait, what sports team? Football or basketball. Okay. Do you have a city that you prefer? I mean, New York, if possible. Listen, Giants, the Giants could could use a new owner. I mean, we could also use a new quarterback. So we are we taking also application. Use a new GM. We could clear house. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, I love it. So that brings us to our favorite part, which is the deep thinking questions. I'm excited for this. But my first question is going to be really tactical, so to say, because I feel like this is a question that every first entrepreneur really wishes they had the answer to which is the they're always told to be patient and yes you need to be patient while also working hard but getting that first client can sometimes be really frustrating so can you talk us through getting your first client and how you got it yeah so it's way easier to get a warm lead than a cold lead is number one um so the way i did it i think my first I don't know if it was my first one of my first clients was paul rodriguez who's a pro skateboarder um he's on his like 11th shoot nike great dude um still work with him today but i interviewed him on the podcast got introduced by a friend who had had on the podcast named mikey taylor another pro skateboarder and we had uh, mikey taylor yeah, on our yeah. podcast. Mikey, so yeah. mikey was like yo you should talk to my friend p-rod i'm like who's p-rod and he's like this dude paul rodriguez and i'm like okay cool like yeah i'll talk to him so i didn't know like he was this 
big deal. What it, like so I was like, sure, I'll talk to him. Um, so I talked to Paul and um, interviewed Paul on my podcast. I think he was probably my second client. Maybe it was my first. I don't know. But th- it all comes together in my head. But it all came from the podcast. So then once the podcast ended, I was like, oh, yeah. And he's like, oh, yeah, what else do you do? And then I'm like, oh, I also do this whole thing. I'm, I'd be happy to check out your whole online presence and your social media and all that. And he's like, yeah, sure. Why not? So then I think the biggest thing is just giving free advice and giving as much value as you can to the person. So I just told him, hey, this is what I do. And he's like, you want to do it? And I was like, yeah, like done. So I think it, the biggest thing is just trying to give as much value as you can. Where you're offering so much that the person has no choice. And also find your unique trait because there's 10,000 people who can do any business. So find what makes you separate and go double down on that. Like for the podcast, I doubled down on the fact that I was 16 using it as an advantage rather than a disadvantage. And that's what made me unique from everyone else so I could get people like Jack Dorsey or Gary on. Dope, dope, okay. So going to our second question, uh, we talk a lot about the successes um, along your journey um, and something that we we always like to add some of the, the failures as well. We don't wanna glamorize the, the journey, we wanna make it as real as possible. So along your journey, what is the biggest failure that you've had and what'd you learn from it? And so, I mean, there's so many, there's too many to go through. Yeah, we, we'd be on here for the next 10 hours if I was going through every failure. Um, that is one thing that you don't realize until you do it. First off, everyone thinks, it, oh, it's fun and money. You know? Like there's a lot of failures and a lot of stuff of where you got to dig yourself out of stuff um, for a little bit of fun. And it's more about enjoying the journey of it than anything else. Um, but I'd say in terms of the biggest, fail- personally, the biggest failures I've had, um, the anxiety was crippling for me as a kid. Like I really couldn't do anything. I didn't go to school. I didn't like it was, it almost tore my life down before I knew it. It went, it, it limited to where I applied to college. Like I'm at Stevens cause it's relatively close to home. Like I applied to Northeast schools. I didn't really apply anywhere else. And then in business, I mean, there's failures every day. Um, but if I got to think of a big one, I mean, the first time I tried to launch, um, first time I tried to, but here's a better one actually. I started a company with a friend from high school, great kid, super smart kid. He goes to college and he wants to focus more on school. So you have to buy him out, go through that whole process, try to remain friends, which we've luckily been able to do. But to pro- like starting a company with somebody and then within a year having to remove them or separate yourself was definitely super difficult and something I didn't foresee happening. So I guess you could call that somewhat of a failure, but I think it's ended up positive for both of us. So I think the biggest thing that a lot of people will tell you, and I've found true, um, one of our clients, and I'd consider one of my mentors, uh, Michael Rubin, who owns uh, Fanatics, uh, Rue La the 76ers, a whole bunch of teams. He, something he always says is like, before his biggest successes are always his biggest failures. And it's about the people that continue to push that end up being successful in it. So I've realized that in obviously way smaller scale, but I think it's a great principle to follow. I love it, dude. I love it. So before we ask our final question, where can people find you? Where can they find the podcast? Give yourself a shout out right now. Yeah, totally. Um, I'd say best place to check me out is Instagram. That's the place I'm most active. I'm at Jesse, J-E-S-S-E dot K-A-Y-11. I'd love a better uh, handle, but for the time being, it works. Um, Podcast is currently called 20 Under 20s, probably changing the name in the next month or two. But for the time being, 20 under 20 is 20 U-N-D-E-R 20S. Um, feel free to shoot me an email, J-E-S-S-E at V-Y-B-E-R media.com. If I can help any of you, would love to help with anything I can. 
because I wish I had somebody who could have helped me when I was starting um, that was a similar age or whatever. So if I can help with anything, feel free to reach out. Let me know you're listening to the show. I'd love to hear your feedback from it. Um, or if you have any questions, we'd be happy to help. And thank you guys again. I'm excited for this last question, but thank you again for having me on. Awesome. Well, thank you for coming on. So Gary likes to think that we're going to live like a hundred years from now, right? That's what Gary V loves to say. So let's imagine it's a hundred years from now. It's your last day on earth and your family and all your friends are around you and they bring you a book. And this book is your autobiography. And we're looking at the first chapter and your first chapter is your whole journey up to this point right now. What is the name of that chapter? Good question. Fuck. Um, the name of that chapter. I can't come up with a douchey name. So it's got to be something like not douchey. Um, the name of that chapter would be a less douchey version of the comeback. I don't know what the word is, but from hit. Uh, okay, here. Um, rock bottom to okay. Because I hit rock bottom with anxiety, panic. Literally, I was like, I hated school. I was so upset. I was panicking to at least getting to the point where I love what I do. Every Yeah, rock bottom to love. I love everything I do right now. I love my life. I love every day. Um, it took four attempts to get that title out, but I think I finally have a good one. Um but just going from stuff where I had so much anxiety, so much panic attacks, caused a ton of trouble for my parents. And I was a difficult child to deal with, to being able to wake up every day excited to work on business and do all that has been the biggest thing for sure. Great question, though. Dope, dope. We'll send that name over to the publisher and uh, <laughs> we'll have that drafted chopped Make sure you have the four crossouts of the previous <laughs> ones with the commentary on I don't want to be a douche. I love it. Love it. That'll be the first sentence. I yep. don't want to be a douche. Exactly. Uh, Jesse, again, uh, big get your grind up, young and dumb. Thank you for coming on to the podcast, dude. Love totally. it. Thank love you guys for having me on. Yeah, pleasure is all ours. And for all of our listeners out there, if you want to find out a little bit more about Jesse, hop on our website, getchogrindup.com, or you can follow us on social. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram at Getcho Grind Up 2019. It's Getcho Grind Up season all year long. Always remember, we are all young and dumb. And never forget, Getcho Grind Up. See you guys soon. Later. Peace.